Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday morning, too. I, I go Irish or Scottish <laughs> or something. It's like I turned into a leprechaun Saturday morning. <laughs> and a fine Saturday morning to you there, Steve. Good morning. Good morning, Andy. How do you how do you do that? That's like your default. <laughs> 
<laughs> were, did, were you in theater and, and acting? Was it just like if you needed to go in character, just I'll I'll go Irish. I'll go with this bad, <laughs> it's, bad it's, accent. That's that's character for you. I would blame Monty Python, <laughs> but I don't think that they ever no. went Irish too often. No, it's normally like the my uh, my uh, my <laughs> awful British ladies that I will end up doing. <laughs> but the Irish, I don't know where that came from. That's funny. <laughs> Well, it's just a. Is it an early Irish? <laughs> You're a bit of a oh. leprechaun this morning. <laughs> That's right. But welcome to another edition of the Saturday matinee. Yes, we had a week off. It was sort of nice to sleep in on a Saturday. <laughs> I did a lot of that while you guys were taking the reins. Well, well <laughs> I, yeah, I well, actually you, didn't. No, you did. Uh, you had things. You had events. I, you had early morning sporting yes, events to attend. I did. I did. I like to pretend that I slept in, but never works out that way. But here we sit, and uh, yeah, um, what's new in in your world, movie wise? Did you uh, I, while we were not doing a show, it's been uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. Did you yeah, catch up on I, anything? Uh, interesting? No, I I didn't. I there was a lot of stuff that I was hoping to get out to see. Unfortunately, my schedule conspired against me. So perhaps this weekend, uh, I don't know, today or tomorrow, might be able to get out to a few things. But I've been I've been catching up on you know the streaming stuff. So I've been uh, spending some time in the Amazon Prime world, oh, okay. actually. With um, well, I know you are a fan of the uh, what do you call them? Sort of the the story podcasts, you know, podcasts that are, you know, sort of serialized yep. stories. So right. I've been uh, watching Amazon Prime's Homecoming, which was Ooh. based on a, a series uh, from Gimlet Media. And what's, right. what I find hysterical is that in the podcast, uh, the, the main characters were voiced by Catherine Keener, Oscar Isaac, and David Schwimmer. So why not just cast them? Right. No. No, we won't do that. So it, it became a Julia Roberts vehicle, which is great. Uh, it's, it's completely different. Uh, I mean, the story elements are the same. There's some tweaking that's happened because now we have visual information that we can get. And it's directed by Sam Esmail, I believe. Uh, he directed a movie JJ and I talked about on Trailer Rewind oh, like two years ago called Comet. Uh, oh, right. Very distinct visual style. I'm three episodes into that and really enjoying it. And then my brother had recommended the uh, marvelous Mrs. Meisel, uh, okay. yeah. which is also really good. I know the second season is dropping, I think, on Monday on that. And I'm about halfway through the first season and I'm really enjoying that. So I have to say i'm really impressed with what amazon is doing with its original programming i'm also sporadically you know when i have time getting into the the jack ryan series with john krasinski and that's very well done as well and i know it's the the curse that we have of so much good tv it's hard to see all of it right have now. you ever checked out the um electric dreams the philip k dicks uh electric dreams show that it's, they do no, but it is on my list because I heard it's sort of a Black Mirror-esque That's, type of yeah. thing, but it's based on, you know, short stories from Philip Dick, but I have not uh, had the opportunity to get into that one yet. But That's it is on one my that list. I've been really curious about because I yeah. really enjoy um, the, I, honestly, I've never read anything by uh, Philip K. Dick, but the films based on the material, I always find really intriguing. And I feel like there's probably a lot of interesting stories buried in there. 
So well, that's they, something that I'd be, I'd, I'd really yeah. want to check that out, that show out sometime. Well, they also have, uh, Amazon has Man in the High Castle, which yes. is based on his novel. And I did watch the first season of that. I binged that. And then I know the second season came out. There was a change in the showrunner. I read mixed reviews. Some people really liked the direction it went. Some people felt it lost direction. I know they just, uh, the third season just came out. So it's another one that... Uh, probably worth checking out again. Yeah, you know, I, I hear nothing but positive things yeah. about that. So I'm really yeah. curious about that show as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a a glut of riches that we're in, and it yes. makes it very difficult to uh, to get a chance to uh, catch up with all of it. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah. yeah, and even uh, like I didn't get much of a chance to sneak out and see anything over the holiday either. Uh, we did uh, take the kids out and see Ralph Breaks the Internet, which was uh, quite a bit of fun. And, uh, and then we kept intending to go see some other things, but we kept finding other things to do. It's just, you know, with, with family around and friends in town, it's just, it's hard. So, um, I haven't had a chance and I've just been otherwise fairly busy. So, um, but I, uh, I hope to get out to the theaters at some point because we're hitting that point where holiday releases are just, uh, you know, coming at us now a mile a minute. And I'm going to feel like I did last year where I'm incredibly behind just because I missed like a weekend. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a lot of good things coming up for the holiday. I think like right around Christmas time, there's a ton of things that are on my list of things to see because I'm, I'm trying to get ahead of Oscar nominations and, and anticipating what's going to get some nominations and, and getting out right. to see those ahead of time because now we've got up to 10 that they can nominate when it was five it was easy and and oh geez long time ago i did the whole oscar uh, amc theaters would do the whole like screening of like five movies in oh, one sure. day and it was it was a great amazing year for that that was um let's see michael clayton atonement juno uh, no Country for Old Men, and what was the other film nominated that year? Was it There Will Be Blood? Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. so. That, yeah, spent a day watching all five of those movies and had a great time. <laughs> but oh. now when they do it, it's like a two-day thing with ten it's movies. Right. and It's massive. And, and that was a year where I just had not been out to see anything in the theater. So it was nice because I could sit down and see all these movies I hadn't seen. Now I end up in a situation where, well, I've seen three of those. I'm not going to go spend the you know day to rewatch all three of those plus yeah. the remaining ones. So That's yeah. the trick. Yeah, that's the trick with those. It's like, uh, you know, you really have to want to see uh, multiple movies uh, again if you've seen some of them. Yes. Because if you're going to do a two day run of it, it's, it just oh is my. very, yeah. uh, you know, you have to really commit to, uh, doing some rewatches too. Exactly. Or you just skip movies all year yeah. or just watch <laughs> all the crappy ones. <laughs> and then, then you just get all your Oscar nominees done in two days. In two days. Maybe that's yes. the better way to go. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll they, only they... watch like movies from, uh, Will Ferrell and the rock, uh, <laughs> this next year. <laughs> And then I will uh, uh, do all my Oscar stuff in two there days. You but it puts us in a weird time of year now because the trailers for all of those holiday releases have been out for a while. And so that leaves us. So we've got in the summer, we've got summer movies. and We're starting to see what's coming out in the fall. And then around this time of year, we're in a cycle where, oh, the previews are coming out for, for nothing. 
maybe stuff that might come out in February <laughs> or March. Nothing. It's, it's, I'm, I'm scrambling through looking for something that looks like a movie I might want to see. And yeah, it's weird how these cycles hit where there's some weekends where there's like three or four great trailers. And I suppose we could talk about, you know, briefly some of the other ones that came out when we get to our, our trailer picks. But it is, it's interesting because I'm like, when you go to see the movies now, what trailers are there? Well, stuff that's either coming out in a week or two, or maybe something that's a teaser for like next summer or, or fall. So I know that there's been talk about when is the next Avengers trailer going to drop? That should be coming sometime soon because that's, that's due out in what next, next May when we get to yeah. the resolution of that story. So that trailer should, I don't be think a- we're going to, well, I, I'm curious because obviously Captain Marvel is the one that they're, they're yes. pushing now so yes. i don't know if they're going to want to make people forget about that one by pushing yeah. the next one so um but are they going to wait until captain marvel to release anything for infinity war 2 i don't know because they're oh, okay. those two are getting released much closer together yes oh yes because what are the when let's see captain marvel is released in march in march yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they could and then just flood the market with infinity war material well, I think they're counting on people knowing that it's coming, so it's yeah, not as right. much long build up to generate awareness. Everybody knows that you know there's going to be something that happens since you killed yeah. off everybody. Yeah, yeah, because that's just it's May third, so like a month and a half later, Avengers okay. Infinity or or what? I, I don't still don't think they've titled it. They haven't released the title that I know of. Because a long time ago, it was Infinity War Part One and Infinity War Part Two, and then they scrapped that. So right. We but at the very end, it does have that little, um, it's, I can't remember what it says, but there it, it's, um, no, I think at the beginning of infinity war, um, or maybe it's the end, I can't remember at what point, but there's like a little, like a, a line that appears next to it that made it seem like, oh, that might just be referencing be, like seem, one. So it might just yeah. be infinity war too. That could be. All right. I guess we'll see. We will. We'll I guess we'll see. see. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned trailer picks, I guess we should go into our trailers. We should we should <laughs> get just get through them this week. So you um, um, mentioned the difficulty of finding trailers. So yes. um, so let's go. Uh, so for your trailer, did you go something really far away, like next year, or did you go something right up close I went, on the heels? Way, I of... went. I went way far away. <laughs> okay, into. <laughs> August 2019, and this is technically a teaser, and this is one that is a title that had popped up uh, over the years. It just kept coming up. Uh, This is one of these young adult novel adaptations, and it depends on who they can get attached to it, Uh, and I know there's always going to be backlash. When you adapt a well-beloved series of books, you're never going to make everybody happy. And it probably doesn't help that this is Disney, so people are concerned that it's getting Disneyfied. But this is uh, Artemis Fowl. This is directed by Kenneth Branagh. And this is a story of a young Irish criminal mastermind. Uh, it's not, I think I read the first one in the series when my kids were younger, and it is, it was riding that whole Harry Potter wave. But this one, your main character is basically a criminal. He's this criminal mastermind. So it's much darker. And I think that's what uh, my girls just weren't interested in that. They they loved Harry Potter. This one just was not, you know, following a sort of a 
young anti-hero. <laughs> yes. Uh, was not something that appealed to them, but I know there's many books in the series. Um, they've been very popular. To me, it looks very, I don't know, I, I guess Disney, because there's a lot of quality into the production that I can see here. It looks great, which I think I will accept some changes to the story given that they're able to bring this world to life. Um, that's one of the struggles I often have with young adult stuff where you've got this kids have this very vivid imagination and can bring these words to life in their mind's eye. And then you go to the theater and there's not the budget there and things get cut down or simplified and it just loses that magic. Uh, this one looks like it's capturing some of that visual magic. And that's, that's why I picked this one. It's, Looks like it's going to be a fun ride. This is Kenneth Branagh's what, third Disney film. Well, I guess if you count Marvel, because he did Thor, he did uh, Cinderella, which I think was what started the whole let's do live action versions of the animated ones. I think Cinderella may have been the first in that sort of wave yeah. of Disney. It, it depends. Uh, maybe of the more recent ones. Recent ones. Disney, Disney's done it before. I mean, they did uh, 101 Dalmatians. Oh, that's right. That's right. They also tried a Jungle Book version back in the nineties. Oh, okay. So I guess on the the current the current wave, sort of launched that. So I I know Kenneth Branagh knows how to put a film together. Um, It may not be the the book, but I think it's uh, something that looks like a lot of fun. uh, Something to get out of the heat here in Arizona in the summer. Something. Well, I know your kids will probably be interested in enjoying. Yes. So, but, uh, you know, you've got uh, mostly cast of, of unknowns, uh, but you've got some familiar, few familiar faces like Judy Dench and Josh Gad showing up. So, yeah, that's uh, August 9th, 2019. I, um, I heard the title, but I, you know, I was, it was kind of past my point as far as when I was reading books like this. So it's not something I ever picked up. And, um, and so I knew nothing of this story and even watching this teaser, I looked at it. I'm like, I have no idea what this is about. I mean, it's a, it's a true teaser because for me, it it gives me no sense at all of what this story is other than there's this world. And then it looks like there's this world underneath where like these little ships are flying around. And like, I couldn't figure out for the life of me what actually was happening in the trailer. And it wasn't until I kind of read a little bit about it that I go, okay, it's about this 12 year old um, criminal mastermind and he kidnaps a fairy. Yes. Stuff like that. So I'm like, well, it sounds like a fairly dark story. I wonder how they're going to manage to pull that off and make it something that, uh, that doesn't seem for kids like they're just following this criminal around, but right. Yes. I guess we'll see. I guess we will see. see. Kids have managed to enjoy Oliver for years. So yes. So they can they can do it. I believe in them. Okay. Uh, it it looks interesting, and it's definitely something yeah. I'll check out. And oh, yeah. it's one that I will. I look forward to seeing um, more trailers for. Yes, definitely. Cool. Speaking of dark stories, you you were in dark place with your trailer this week. I picked. Uh, honestly, I I was looking at trailers, and I watched an A twenty four trailer for um, the new. Uh, movie with Ju- um, uh, what's her name? <laughs> Julianne Moore. <laughs> Julianne Moore. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, which looks really good. I I almost went with that, and then I watched the trailer um, for uh, uh, Alfonso Cuarón's new movie Roma, which also looks really good. But instead, 
I went with this trailer because the title of it made me laugh so much. <laughs> it's like such a strange, uh, I don't know. I, I looked at the trailer. I'm like, I don't know if this is really going to be good at all, but the title made me laugh a lot. Um, and it's, it's a movie that's, you know, it's got some people in it. Um, and so I, I don't know, I guess I picked it for, for a very lame reason, but I, I just, I don't know. It just made me laugh. The title of the film is called <laughs> dead in a week parentheses or your money back. <laughs> Which, uh, it just cracked me up to no end. This is a movie that uh, is about this. This down on his luck uh, guy who's he's tried killing himself and he's never failed. It's never worked out. And uh, so he finally decides to hire a professional to do it. And he hires a professional hitman who guarantees that he'll have him killed within the week or his money back. And this this professional hitman is, of course, played by Tom Wilkinson. And it just it's like this dark comedy. Oh, and then after it's like right after he signs this contract with him, he his, this uh, publisher is interested in his writing. And now he doesn't and he starts falling in love and now he doesn't want to die. And so he's trying to convince this guy not to kill him. And, you know, the comedy ensues. And that's kind of the premise. And it looks kind of funny, like it could work maybe, but it also could be just a real stinker. Um, so far it's, it's had some people seeing it already and it's got a 6.4 on IMDb. So according to Pete, it, it breaks that six star threshold. So it might be okay. It just might be okay. Um, Christopher Eccleston is in it as he looks like he's like the head of the hitman organization that Tom Wilkinson works for. Um, and the, the guy playing the, the one who wants to kill himself is, I'm not sure how you say his name, Anurin Barnard. Um, he's from Wales and, uh, he was in Dunkirk. Um, oh, okay. That's why yeah. I looked familiar. All right. Right, right, right. Um, so anyway, it looks like it could be fun. It also could be super stupid, but it intrigued me enough to pick it. And mainly it's just because of the title. What'd you think? <laughs> well, I, I agree. It's got a quirky, fun title to, to lure you in. As I was watching it, it reminded me of, a short story that I read maybe in high school and I, I cannot for the life of me remember it. I tried doing a quick Google search on it, but the story was there was a guy who was similarly like really depressed. And so he goes to this like camp for people that basically want to die. And he meets this woman there and falls in love and that they're, they agree to escape. And as they're on, on their little journey to escape, turns out she's the assassin that's been hired to kill him. And that's, you know the whole oh. twist and i can't remember maybe one of our listeners there can knows which story i'm talking about but it seemed like very similar thing because we've got yes the depressed failed writer who contracts with an assassin but then we see that there's this love story that that shows up and he wants to cancel the contract and so i think that i'm interested to see what path this takes does it go really dark does it end up with the happy ending um i i honestly the parts i love the most are the whole the pieces with tom wilkinson as the assassin and his wife who <laughs> like here's your lunch here's here's some sandwiches here's some tea and oh you might need this and hands him this big knife so she's clearly you know that that great woman behind the great man that's going to help him be successful at whatever it is that he needs to do and in this case it's being a, an assassin and i just love that dynamic uh to the story that it gives it a lighter tone that to be hopefully makes this a lot of fun not not into the 
stupid and ridiculous, but just really a lighthearted, dark comedy, I guess. Right. So, yes. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm Definitely. hoping it will uh, it will do uh, uh, justice with. Yes. Um, because it has potential, but it also has potential to just be dumb. So, I guess we'll see. But that's yes. the trailer. It's dead in a week. Or your money, money back. back. And this, it, <laughs> wait, it wait, actually wait, you, has... You got to do that with your accent. Because it <laughs> dead in a week. Or your money back. <laughs> That's go. terrible. Uh, it looks like it has been playing across the U- uh, Europe, actually. Opened in the UK. Okay. Actually played a bunch of festivals um, all through the summer and early fall. And then uh, opened in Hungary already, Italy already. And then actually the USA. And this is kind of coming in late because it technically opened yesterday. Although I don't know where. I don't know oh, where this okay. thing is playing. Um, so it could be playing, it might be something that's just going to end up, uh, getting uh, released digitally very, very quickly. Um, and then the next place is December 22nd or 21st in Turkey, in case you're going to be swinging around there, you want to check it out. So that's it. That is my trailer. So we are at a point where we are going to be doing a couple lists here. We got a lot. We got lots of lists. We have a lot of lists. We yes, have two, we two weeks worth of lists to get through it's, here. It's it's crazy. Uh, well, that's what you get when you take a week off and, yeah. and talk about Suspiria. So. <laughs> 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 which was fun. Which was definitely fun. For our first list, we are, uh, this is a couple weeks ago, we're looking at um, uh, the film Once Upon a Time in America. And the the um, the choice that our Patreon supporters um, picked for us is uh, stories about a person uh, where it looks at their life over uh, multiple periods in their life and you see multiple actors playing that person. How is this list for you compared to the next list? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes this is what I enjoy about our list because sometimes it's something about the movie overall. Or sometimes it's about a particular scene in a movie. And sometimes when you have to narrow in on a particular scene, it's easier to say, oh, yes, I remember that scene from that movie. When it's something broad like this, uh, okay, I have to think of movies and I have to think of the entire movie and what's going on in that story. So this is a bit more challenging um, for me. Went in some interesting directions with this one, some more successful than others with this one. So yeah, this one. Well, do you want to do you want to kick it off? Sure, I'm going to start with. I'm I. Well, admit I am a sucker for middle to good quality romantic comedies. There's some that are just horrible that yeah I admit, and I watch. We'll give them a shot and then never return to them. This one actually um, was a surprise for me, and I just love the cast in this. This is from 2004. 13 going on 30 with Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Judy Greer. And this is the whole concept behind this is a 13 year old that just wants to get past all the drama and everything of middle school and wakes up one morning and she's 30 years old. So you've got the, you know, a 13 year old trying to manage life as an adult. So we, we see what she's like as a teenager. We see what she's like as an adult. And then, of course, magic glitter takes us back in time again. So we see her at different points in her life and how she manages relationships and conflict and all that. For me, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, Andy Circus is also in it as uh, when she's an adult. He's like the editor of the magazine she works for. Uh, just a lot of fun with this one. So this is my sort of 
pushing the the boundaries on the rules on this one, but we do have characters at different points in their life played by different actors. Gotcha. I have never seen this one. No, No, it was one of those movies that just looked like something I I shouldn't bother with. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, yes. But I know my wife loved it, and uh, she has watched it multiple times and has told me that it's something that I probably would enjoy. So. Well, when when your daughter gets a little old, when your daughter gets a little older, probably one that she may may enjoy at that point. Yeah, absolutely. This was a a list I actually uh, I felt like um, I just was uh, buried in choices. I had I had so many options for this list and really struggled, and so I I tried to narrow it down in in some ways where I'm like, okay, well, there's. There's time travel options, and I'm trying to leave the time travel options off the table for my list. There are uh, movies where it has like a scene at the start in the past that's like setting the story up a little bit, and then it jumps into just the present and everything else right. is the, the yeah. bulk of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid those where it's just like a, a setup scene. Exactly. Yes. I was right there with you on some of those where I said, well, that's like a minute or two and we don't really get that much it's just to set up right. a little history yeah exactly so so i really tried to focus um quite a bit more and so and it's a it's a struggle because i think that i there are a lot of good choices on my list still i think i'm going to go with um i i guess i'll just say it's the easy one um and it's uh the lion king i think um the original uh animated the lion king is is such a treat to watch and still i think it holds up amazingly and it's 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 a really fun movie and it's it kind of uh was for a lot of people i think it was kind of the uh kind of the the crowning glory I, i know a lot of people think um would say beauty and the beast was um and i i probably agree but i think the lion king is way up there too i I think there's just some stunning work that disney's doing with that story and the animation is great um the characters are great it's kind of got a a taste of hamlet and i think it works really nicely um but you do get to spend quite a bit of time with young simba as he uh kind of has his his ego uh uh growing and then crushed uh when he uh, uh thinks that he accidentally killed his father um and then the older simba has to come back and uh, face his past and uh, right the wrongs fantastic story and uh, watching these young characters grow up simba nala and and uh and everybody it's just, it's a really fantastic film so that's my first choice the lion king and that ties back to our discussion of movies being remade because they <clears throat> just right. what, two weeks ago they did the, the live action Right. Of uh, Lion King with an amazing cast. I uh, poor, poor Donald Glover. <laughs> he's getting cast. <laughs> so not only does he have to live up to you know expectations of oh he's going to play young Lando Calrissian now. Okay, you're you're voicing you know in the Lion King, and then just an amazing cast. You got Beyonce. You've got John Oliver. I, it, I was really impressed with the cast that they were able to put together. However, with this one, uh, the live action of, I guess because the as you mentioned. Uh, the visual, the animation in this one is, ju- I think, worlds beyond uh, Beauty and the Beast. I, you, you watch Beauty and the Beast now, and the animation just isn't as, I don't know, crisp and rich as it is in The Lion King. So, live I, action, they have they have a lot to live up to with a lot of those really powerful, iconic visual moments from the yeah. animated. 
it's going to be really tricky yeah. to see. I, I think Beauty and the Beast has some amazing animation, but it also has some sloppy animation. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. It, it, it suffered with a little bit of that. Um, whereas Lion King, I feel like there's maybe a shot here or there, but otherwise it's almost just, you know, cinematic perfection the oh, way that yes. they designed that film. Yeah. All right. Next okay. on your list. Next on my list. Okay. So I, you mentioned time travel. So I did. I do have one time travel in there. Okay. Um, with this one, but this one is one that hasn't been talked about a lot. Um, perhaps this is one that is also your wife is a fan of this one. Uh, 2009, 2009's Time Traveler's Wife with Eric Bana and Rachel McAdams. And he is a uh, somehow he's in a when he's a young boy, he's in a car accident with his family and he escapes that accident by traveling through time and he develops a relationship with Rachel McAdams character when she's a young girl they you know as she gets older they get married which is sort of a weird thing but you get to see him at different points in his life her at different points in her life even though he they're different ages at different times um I think I read the book once a long time ago uh it's been a while but for me this is one that uh combined sort of the romantic comedy and sci-fi elements into a, a really interesting story um i'm not going to say the film's great but it is entertaining and if you haven't seen it i do recommend it it's uh not one i have seen and it is one that my wife has watched and actually when i told her that this was a list that we were doing she that was one of the ones that uh, first came to her mind of course yes so it's funny um uh another one that uh yeah and she had read the book and saw the movie but it's another one that completely just i skipped and <laughs> <laughs> never bothered with oh, Andrew. sorry <laughs> all right <laughs> what have you got next so because for my it, next one you've, you've got I, animated are you going horror with us i'm not those are your two, your two i do not have usually... a single horror film okay. on my list all right like my actually i have one horror film on my list but it's not one that i'm gonna go with okay this next one is <laughs> is an epic biopic that oh, yes i found um uh a little tedious when i watched it when i was younger <laughs> But when I watched it when I was older, I think I clicked with the characters a lot more and I found it to be um, a really strong film. It is Bernardo Bertolucci's The Last Emperor, which came out in 87. Watching the journey of this child grow up to be this emperor of China um, is really interesting. And, and then to see how everything ends for him and kind of how his life shifts and and changes. Um I just found to be a really kind of profound journey and to go on that with him is, is really magical and watching the, uh, the young boys who play, um, uh, Puyi as he grows up, there's actually four kids. There's, um, a three-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 15-year-old, and then the adult version, uh, played by John Lone. Um, it's, it's a great film and I know it's a long one, so I don't know how many people are running out to check it out still these days, but it still is a film worth checking out and it's, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's a good one. So that's my second choice. And that's one that has always been on my list that I just never got around to see. Because again, it's the epic. Because it's it, long. <laughs> it's long and it's like, when do I have time for this? But it's one that I've always wanted to see. So, all right. And it's stunningly beautiful. Stunningly it's beautiful. It's amazing how beautiful the film is. The The cinematography by Vittorio Storaro. I mean, it's, it's that apocalypse now level of just color and richness oh, okay. throughout the film. It's just amazing. So definitely check it out when you get a chance. Oh, no, After, okay. in the name of the Father. 
<laughs> See, I okay. have to get that in there. Yes, still. I know. I, I, yeah. Uh, all right. All right. My third third one on this list. Uh, going with, I think, uh, an overlooked. Uh, I don't want to say classic. It, it's a cla- let me say it's a classic story that's been filmed multiple times. Uh, this one in 1998. Uh, I went not because I was particularly wanting to see this particular story, but the cast was one that drew me in because in 1998, uh, Robert De Niro, Ethan Hawke, Gwyneth Paltrow, I will show up for that. Of course, this is 1998's Great Expectations, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, which oh. did not know his name at that time, and just such a unique modernization of the Dickens novel and such great use of color all throughout uh, looking at how the color green is used throughout the film and tracking that uh, just really impressed me. And if you're a fan of like late nineties, alternative music, a pretty good uh, soundtrack as well. It's one that I, I think I've, I saw in the, I know I saw in the theater Saw it, maybe, you know, rented it at Blockbuster, you know, shortly after. I haven't seen it in a while, but one that, uh, just watching the trailer again made me want to revisit this one. But of course, because it's an epic tale, we get the, the main characters as kids, sort of as teenagers, and then later on as adults in life. That's a, a great choice. I really do, um, uh, think that that's a, a nice adaptation of that story. And, Quaron's work is nice, and you're right. The soundtrack is fantastic. That's one that that I've had uh, since it came out. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a good pick. It's it's funny. I didn't even think about that as as an option, but uh, I should have because I really did enjoy that one. For my last one, um, I I'm always torn uh, when I have a, a huge list, but I feel like I have to go with this one because the time of year it just fits perfectly. Um, it's a it's a holiday film, and I'm talking about uh, the film featuring good old George Bailey. It's a Wonderful Life. I uh, this is just a it's a holiday classic, and everybody should check it out. I just I love it. It's I mean I don't think there's a whole lot to say about it because it's it is such a, uh, a, a commonly seen film, but I I think that the the story plays so powerfully as you see these scenes play out with young George Bailey and how things how things end up how he saves his brother when he's young and how that didn't happen when he decides to uh you know uh disappear from life with his angel and all that sort of stuff it's a really interesting way that the story is told and the and the way that it unfolds um i think this is um you know frank capra's just classic and uh, i love it so that's my final pick no that's a great pick and i hadn't even thought of that one i think because in the what mid to late 80s and early 90s it was on all the time <laughs> right all the time uh and so it's it's been a while i needed some distance from it but no it that is a that is a, a classic uh yeah and i can't believe neither of us uh talked about citizen kane either yeah right right there's <laughs> Which, another one as, as i'm thinking about that era i'm like oh yeah, Citizen Kane would have been a good, good yeah, one to, right. to add to that list as well. But oh no, that's a that's a I like a good amount of variety in this in these. Did lists. you have any others on your on your list that you were uh, you ended up um, dropping? No, because I had two lists to manage, and so. Well, I, I ended I, up having uh, the reader, um, 
Men in Black 3 was one of my time travel options. Black Panther, but it was too short. Titanic, uh, Secondhand Lions, Frequency, Life of Pi, and Frailty. So, I have not seen most of those films. So... There we go. Put them all on your yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. After, after in the name of the Father. There you go. All right. Well, now let's dig into our second list. This list is for uh, the first Thomas Crown Affair from 1968, which has not the longest screen kiss, but a fairly lengthy screen kiss, and uh, you know, it's a it's a, fe- a sexy one. So, um, we are doing. <laughs> long screen kisses which this was an impossible list for me just impossible um i struggled so much and and trying to the the internet was just not helping me it was really uh quite the chore so i guess we'll just see how this one plays out (laughs) (laughs) okay well why don't you start this time we'll see what uh we'll we'll give you some uh a head start here in case we have any any duplicates, but we'll let you go first on this one. Well, the first one I'm going to go with is uh, one that I actually mentioned in the episode, uh, and I don't know how fair that is, but considering I could find so few, I said fie, fie on them for picking this list, so I'm using it. Big Top Pee-wee uh, is the sequel to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and uh, this film uh, from 1988 um, features Pee-wee basically running off and joining the circus. And there is a scene where he, um, I think he basically sneaks off with the uh, trapeze artist, uh, played by Valeria Galino. And, um, they are sitting by this waterfall and they have a very long kiss. I, I think that it runs like a, a minute and a half or so. It's a, it's a fairly lengthy screen kiss and it's not the longest, but it did break the record, uh, from the first original long screen kiss until the record was broken by a different film. But uh, that's my first choice, Big Top Pee-wee. And you stole my first one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any backups. I, this is I, a hard I, list. It, it was a hard list, and I thought, oh, he, nobody, nobody's going to pick Big Top Pee-wee. No. And I, I even I, mentioned it in the episode. Is see, it like the only one that I know? I haven't listened to that episode yet, so I'm, <laughs> I'm backlogged on those. But I remember when this came out, uh, I don't know if it was an interview with the director or if it was with Paul Rubens, and he talked about that, of they intentionally went for the longest screen kiss at that time. And that's, you know, and it fits in with a movie that's, you know, ridiculous, you know, a Pee Wee Herman movie to just have that long kiss and the long, slow camera pullback and then Penelope Ann Miller, his fiance, showing up and, and being upset with him. So, yeah, that's my uh, that was the first one on my list. <laughs> that's your first I, one. I, th- I thought I, I'll start. I'll start with, you know, I know I can get long kiss on that one. The rest of them are moderately long. They're not in that epic length, but uh long enough that I could say they're they're memorable as a long kiss and I think import the other two that I have are important to the story. Um well I the, guess we'll yeah. see. Yes. Okay. I yeah. I too was running out of kisses. I, I you know for my next one, I uh the internet helped me with this one and I watched it and I don't know if it's fair to say it's a long kiss, but it's a long scene full of lots of kisses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, and it's kind of like a constant, it's like this weirdly constant kiss. This is uh, Hitchcock's Notorious. Um, the the scene between uh, 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 Cary Grant and uh, Ingrid Bergman plays out where they, they're in 
uh, Rio and they go up to their apartment. They go out on the, on the patio and they start kissing and they're whispering to each other and they're kissing and they're whispering and talking and kissing and nuzzling noses and kissing and kissing and kissing. And then they, they go inside and, and, uh, he picks up the phone and they keep kissing and it's, it's, it's very long. It's like three minutes. Um, and I did, you know, there was a place online that said it was one of the longest screen kisses. And I'm like, I don't think it counts because it's, there's like, you know, probably a hundred kisses in the, in the three minute span and uh, between a lot of talking, but I think it kind of works and it plays pretty, um, you know, uh, cute. And so I think for me, I'm going to count it. That, 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 yeah, that counts. Cause that, yeah, I was looking for, I was looking at lists and there were some that said, oh, this is a long kiss. And I, I looked at, well, even, even in uh thomas crown affair it's lots of little kisses over time you know but i know in notorious yeah it's broken up with other moments and it's not just one long continuous kiss like we have in in big top peewee um, yeah so i i went for kisses that i could say it's it's one consistent kiss um and it's significant like so my my next one i'm i'm this is my week of romantic comedies is what I'm sticking with. And so <laughs> I'm, uh, was this 1999 and the cast on this, I remember seeing this on video, I think. Uh, but I'm just looking at the cast again of who was in this. And, uh, starting with some of the smaller roles, you've got Octavia Spencer, James Franco, Gary Marshall, Jessica Alba, and you've got John C. Riley, Molly Shannon, Michael Vartan, David Arquette, and Drew Barrymore in Never Been Kissed. Which, the concept of the story now plays a little creepy and probably was a little creepy back then. But you've got a journalist <laughs> that is going undercover uh, to talk about some drug ring in high schools. And, of course, she's been a nerd, never been kissed, and then falls starts falling for one of her teachers, who does not know she's an adult. Of course, comedy of errors you know, deception and reveals and hurt feelings. And it all culminates in her publishing her article, revealing what was going on and asking him to meet her at the baseball field after the big game. Um, and the question is, is he going to show up or not? And of course he does. And big long kiss with, you know, camera, you know, moving around, you know, twirling around and one big long kiss that finishes off the story. It's called never been kissed. You've got to have a big kiss at the end. This is one I have seen and enjoy quite a bit. <laughs> Good. Yay. Yes. It is very sweet. Uh, just the, the way that it plays out. And it, it, you're right. It's a little creepy now, but it still works. And uh, there's something just about that that story and, and Drew Barrymore's, um, uh, 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 her willingness to go 110%, you know, I just, yes. I, I really yeah. enjoyed throughout and she's so much fun and it's a great cast and it's a, it's a great choice. So good pick. I like okay. that one. All right. My last one, I'm torn between two, but I'm going to go with the one that I think technically probably has a longer kiss, um, which I don't know if it's really that long of a kiss, but it still is long enough where, you know, whatever, this is a hard list. So, <laughs> so tough. <laughs> All right. It is, um, and and it's not an uncommon film. This is a mega film. It made a ton of money at the box office, and uh, it's it's one that I'm sure some people probably would say that they don't like now. But I still love it, and it's Titanic. I think it's a a great movie. 
Yes, it has uh, some. It suffers a little bit from some of that uh, James Cameron writing that he does. But I think what he does with the storytelling is is just really a powerful uh, cinematic experience still. Um, and there's this, uh, you know, this is little scene between uh, Leo and Kate when they go up to the front of the boat and, and he puts her up on the thing and has her lift her arms like she's flying. And then he comes up behind her and wraps his arms around her and she turns her head to him and uh, and they kiss. And, and it's just this great kiss on the bow of this huge ship. And we kind of are flying around them. It's, you know, all the digital work that Cameron does to create this moment is pretty spectacular. And then it, it, as, as the, as the kiss continues, all of a sudden it kind of dissolves to the, the hull of the ship under the ocean. And it's like kind of a, a really interesting transition that kind of, uh, uh, gives you this reminder that, you know, it, it nothing's going to end well here. <laughs> So that's my final choice. There were, uh, I did a little bit of internet research and there were quite a few iconic kisses with Leonardo DiCaprio that showed up <clears throat> on several lists, but I think they were just looking at as, oh, really, you know, sweet moments or, you know, it's a yeah. great kiss moment. Uh, but I, I was trying to go for length still on this. So I think, I think the kiss that he has yeah. with the bear in the Revenant is pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, I haven't seen that version. <laughs> it's a form of a kiss. It's, it's a form of a kiss, yes. Uh, so I, I went, again, staying in my romantic comedy uh, and going getting into classic territory. Again, good stories end with a good memorable kiss. Uh, and there's no more memorable kiss than when it's happening in the rain when you're looking after you've just found your lost cat. Uh, of course, this is Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think that's one of those great memorable uh kiss scenes and it does uh i had to check make sure and yeah it is it is of substantial length because they're they're kissing and again we've got the long slow camera pullback uh of them there in the alley so it wasn't just a, a quick kiss it's a significant duration so for me made the cut and deserves to be at the top of my list of cinematic kisses wow i uh weirdly don't remember much about this movie except i really well one there's some some horribly there's a horribly racist <laughs> mickey uh, rooney character yes, in there. Yes, holy there is, cow yes. um and then i just remember that i was not that crazy about uh about uh her character and i found it to be an interesting movie but i just um i i really struggled with kind of just her uh, you know, kind of that wacky character that she was, but um, I, I always wonder if this is a film that's that's kind of worth revisiting. Maybe I'll have to check it out again one of these days. After after I watch In the Name of the Father, yeah, yes. you watch that first, okay, deal, and then and then maybe I'll rewatch Breakfast at Tiffany's, okay. So all right. this one, all I ever think about with this movie is the song. Now, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yes, that's one thing. Yes, yeah. All right, we got and I'm through. Kinda, as I recall, we both kind of liked it, but that's that's kind of where I. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. that's it. Look at that. We made it through. We got through two lists. Our two lists. Now we are going to be talking about the 1999 remake of Thomas Crown of, Affair of the Thomas Crown Affair, and uh, it's funny because there's something that I feel like Pete mentioned. <laughs> I was like, oh, we absolutely have to make sure we. 
talk about that and, and now i forgot. don't remember at all what it is um you've seen it though right oh yeah yeah it's, it's been a it's been a while i've i because i did uh i did sort of the the comparison thing of i watched uh checked them both out and watched both of them to sort of see the you know but gosh that was probably 15 years ago it's been a long yeah. time but yeah i i remember them um but here's so the, here's the here's, the, here's the here's the challenge of with a movie and its remake is we already identified key pieces from the first one. What do you do when it's the same movie again? Well, and that's the thing is like we had a good thing, and I just don't remember what it is anymore. It's <laughs> terrible of me. I I really <laughs> can't believe that I forgot what it was. Because um, there are differences. I mean, he's, yeah, you know, in this one he's stealing a painting, right? Um, so we could do like um, museum heists or something. Or something with oh you know there was a, a Trojan horse they they actually use the the Trojan horse gag to sneak in so I wonder if that oh. was something like uh, Trojan horse gags or okay. something like you know oh sure bad or you know sneaking in through uh, hiding in something okay that could uh, that could be yeah, something I, I I yes that definitely works okay on so that there's one. one yeah let's see what else he's. You know, it could be an interesting list. We could do a list of of movies of uh, actors who played James Bond that aren't James Bond movies. <laughs> <laughs> really stretching there, yeah, but yes. Or, or I guess if you take it a little bit further and say, okay, you know, James Bond is the hero. Who are actors that played James Bond? Who is a hero that are now playing sort of a more I don't want to say villainous, but, you know, maybe on the wrong side of the law, because you, I wouldn't say that, you know, in this case, oh, okay. Pierce Brosnan's playing like, you know, he's, you know, he's still a gentleman. He's the gentleman thief or whatever, still, you know, likable, but he's on the other side of the law in this right, case. He's right. not just like, oh, we're going to put, like we're going to, we're not going to put him in another like good guy action movie. It's like, yeah, let's, let's take the character in a different direction. So let's do that. Like sort of the darker side yeah. of the, Yes. The darker bond good. that they play. Good, yes. good, good. Okay. Um, we could also go with gratuitous nudity because there's plenty of that. <laughs> the movie. Uh, I don't know. Let's, uh, yeah. let's think. Let's think of something <laughs> a little more serious. Well, let's see. Again, my IMDb plot. See, you guys are just in like lecherous territory here because when I looked at oh, Once Upon a Time America, I look at Thomas Crown Affair, 1999 IMDb plot keywords, sex in bed, sexual desire, female rear nudity, female frontal nudity, breasts, cleavage, scantily clad female sex, sex on stairs. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. yes, good old IMDb plot keywords. <laughs> well, let's see. We've also got uh, we've got them running off to an island paradise, so we could have island paradise retreats. Yes, I, I like that. That gives us a lot of options. Okay, so we'll do that as our third. All right, so then we got them. So we've yeah. got sneaking in something, um, like bad guys sneaking in something, or not necessarily bad guys. I mean, it could Just, be yeah, a variety, horse but, type but thing, a group yeah. sneaking somewhere by hiding inside something. Mm -hmm. Uh, James Bond actors on the wrong side of the law and Island Paradise retreats. Yes. I think that's a good set of uh, options for our Patreon supporters. All right. Fantastic. Well, I'll put that up in uh, in the uh, the Show Talk channel for people to vote on. And I guess that's it, Steve. That's it. And 
we got it done before the noise disturbance happens. Yes, we do. I got to run outside here and deal with the tree guy coming to turn his chainsaw on. Mm-hmm. All right. Fun times. Uh, well, all of you wonderful Patreon supporters out there, thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. It does help us out quite a bit. And uh, until next week, Steve, um, we'll talk uh, more then. Hondo. I don't know what I'm saying. You're just <laughs> rambling. You can I'm just falling say, apart. You say, Come on, give us your Irish farewell. <laughs> I don't have a farewell. I just have a greeting. <laughs> You've got to have Faith a farewell. <laughs> I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.